Yeah. Hey. Oh yeah. Yes. Hooked up. It's time. <laughs> the holiday action movies, baby. That's that right. Was a great intro. That was, that was great. Nice. wonderful. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for that. The Kung Fu Avengers have returned. Another episode of Versus. That's right. We're doing Die Hard versus Die Hard 2. Die Harder. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have fun talking about both these movies. But first up, introductions, my friend. All right. We have Eric, the Asian movie enthusiast in the house. How are you doing, my brother? yippee ki yay Mr. Falcon. Ah, uh, you yeah. beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it. Love it. I love it. And, of course, you know, the Kung Fu. Santa himself. Santa is here. That's right. And oh, wait, hold on. Let me blow up the shirt. Nope. Let me, let me, uh, it's interesting. I got to blow it up. Hold on. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Right Look on. at that. Superman denying Santa from the uh, chimney. Uh, helping him, <laughs> help pushing him into the, pushing him into the, uh, the, 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 the chimney. He's pushing. That him. is brilliant. Oh, he's, he's pushing. Him. He's trying to help him. Okay. He's helping he him. Help. Okay. I love it. Now they can see it better. Oh, hold on a second. Whoa. We got to know. He made it. Hold on. Oh, oh. Hey. Oh. hey, right on. You rock. Made it. Oh, what's going on, Eric? Nothing much. Nothing much. Uh, you can make it, my friend. Thanks for having me. Can't wait oh, to yeah. chat. Oh, yeah. Legal chat and movies. Yeah. And Ian from Retro yes. Serial has returned. Welcome back, my friend. Glad to be here. Glad to be part of this amazing group and this amazing conversation we are going to have. When I sent you, when I sent you the link, what's, what's going to, what we were going to talk about, you're like, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I am in for sure. I, I was like, count me in. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my brother from another mother, Derek from Flick Snacks and Nick Knacks, Nick Snacks all that stuff, all that good shit. All Welcome back, my friend. Thank That's you, right. sir. And the tag team champions of metal and horror, baby. We have DJ Neko and the Nubis. Hans, Booby, I'm your white knight. (laughs) Metal Tavern Podcast, represent. And Frank, the master of remasters, back. How you doing, brother? She stood in Fensta. Shoot (laughs) the glass. Oh, look at that. Oh, this is going to be fun. We didn't think he was going to make it, but he said... I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a way, make it happen. We Man, have my word. the legend here, <laughs> Owen from Daisy. the Action Elite. Oh, look at that! <laughs> oh, look at that. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. Hey. right on. Owen's like, I wasn't gonna be denied today. No, 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 I had to be here. Yeah, man. Welcome. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. He ran All the right. last six miles home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right. Who is here in the movie Dojo Army showing up? We got Jake Hall in the house. Tyler, John Martinez. Who else we got here in the house? We got Robert in the house. Lady Danish, Gene, Thomas, let's go. And Severio Thrash Pondo is here. And he says here, Thrash Pondo says, two of his favorite Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. That's right. All right, I'm going to kick it off here. 1988. Die Hard, baby, directed by John McTernan. And y'all know the plot synopsis of both these movies. We're just going to move it on. We're just going to get straight to it. So <laughs> the first time I saw Die Hard, unfortunately, was on TV. Ooh. It was a young little samurai, and I watched oh. it on TV and oh, passed scan. Pass commercials. Scan. 
with the, and it was edited. You, you know, Mr. Falcon, son, that was it. You know, I, I thought I was in. I thought I was cool too. Yeah, you'll be kind. Hey, Mr. Falcon. Yeah, my friend looking at me like, what, like, what are you talking about, <laughs> Mr. Falcon? What? Falcon. What? Right? Uh, but still, even even in Panascan with commercials with it with it edited, uh, all the cool stuff taken out. I really loved the movie. I really enjoyed it. And then when I got a chance to uh, rent it at Buckbuster Video, wow, what a difference! I rented it there on VHS and watched it uncut. And man, I was just like, oh, hey, all the violence, all the blood, all the fun stuff and all the coison. Yes. And it was and Mr. Falcon was replaced by the, by the fun words that we love saying a lot. Uh, but yeah, just, just love the movie even more. It's iconic. It's just five stars, man. It's just it has everything, you know. And really quick, though, I got to ask Mr. Rick here. Rick, is this the first time we've seen a character like McLean, an yep. everyday guy cop thrown in the situation, and he was just kind of he was kind of like the underdog action hero, and he still overcame because everybody else was greased up and buffed and you know. Well, well I'm talk about, I, that's my main thing about this. I've, I've, okay. I when I did my lecture in front of. Uh, Walt Disney Studio about uh, screen action. I specifically pointed out this film because this was the first time that we had a character who has the four most important attributes for a screen hero to get the audience involved, which is passion, compassion, effort, and emotion. You're absolutely right. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, they gave the impression that shooting a gun was easy. And that killing someone was easy. And the more people you killed, the easier it got. Now, I was writing the Dirty Harry books at around this time for Warner Books. So I, I went and shot every weapon that was available to me to shoot. Ooh. Machine guns, sniper rifles, all the rest of it. Yeah. And it, it bothered me so much that movies from the very outset pretended gun were, guns were something that they were not. They pretended they were, they were toys. And if you actually put how guns actually worked in a movie, I think I can count on two fingers the, the movies that ever showed a hot shell coming out of the gun, of the automatic or the machine gun, and hitting the guy next to you. You talk to people who are actually in battle and all the rest of it, and they'll tell you these horror stories about how dangerous guns are. But this was the first movie where we had a guy... Outside, I mean, this was before the gun fu films of John Woo. And the, in those, Chow Yun Fat showed, showed the two things that John McClane shows, which is when he pulled the trigger, there's a rush of power, but there's also a rush of fear. And, and Chow Yun Fat got it. Bruce Willis got it. Chow Yun Fat was forced to lose it when he came to America. But he was consistent in all his movies. And sadly, after Die Hard 3, he went back to being an uncaring Superman again. But yeah, I was hoping that would be the norm from now on. <clears throat> right. But in this movie and in the next movie, incredible. Just incredible. Nice. Is that it for Die Hard? I just seg I kind of segue to, to you. He's like, Is it's you. you it's your say? turn. The one other about, I'm sorry. The one other thing about... Uh, Die Hard that really is making it tough for me to decide is that the one thing that Die Hard has in addition to a John McClane 
is the Mads Mickelson of his time. Alan. Ah, I like that. One of the great villains of all time. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that makes it so interesting and balanced is that the rest of the cast look like they came from the Carol Burnett show. (laughs) (laughs) They were all doing their Harvey and Tim Conway and Vicki Lawrence. I mean, the rest of the cast outside of this guy and, and Bruce Willis, the cast thought they were on a road show of some sort. I saw Fabio in the back. I know, yeah. the blow-dried hair. Yeah, but all the, vill- the villains were astonishing. It oh, was yeah. a perfect balance. So that's yeah. all I have to say about Doc. All right. Nice. Yeah. I like that. The Mads of, his, of, of the 80s. I like that. Mm-hmm. Eric, you are uh, like, you are taking a, you're like, like listening to you is like taking a master's course in film, man. <laughs> we, should get, we should get a degree after this. For Amen. Sure. Take, take notes, chat. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call E-Rock E-Rock. That way we don't have to mix up the Eric's here. Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about some of the ancillary stuff or the side stuff. I actually like the product placement in this movie. You know, there's a lot of it. I mean, when Hans, he'll just mention, you know, Forbes magazine or, or Times or something like that. And it seems like perfectly natural. He's so smooth that it's like, wait, that was just product placement right there, you know? There's... Uh, we get those the whole display of chocolates that Al Young is is yes. eating before the gun the gun fight. Uh, Sergeant Al Powell provides a detailed description of the ingredients of a Twinkie. It's just like <laughs> it's just fantastic product placement. And there there are so many memorable side characters in this film. It's kind of ridiculous. You know, we get the cop, the main goon Carl. Right, you got the the douchebag news reporter who has his own <laughs> moments. Uh, you know, Al Lung's goon character. And then you have Argyle, who's like one of my favorite limo drivers in motion picture history. Yeah. And then we get, a Rob- we get a Robert Davi bonus, which is, another, yep. it's just like, this movie's absurd. And I, I like the humor a lot. You know, the, my, I think my favorite scene of the movie is when Bruce is shooting up the police car and then it cuts to Argyle jamming in the, in the limo. And you see the car getting cut up in the bag. Yeah, he's really getting it. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that was my favorite comedy scene. And, uh, and the other scene that I like to point out that I really like is when Hans goes up to check on the detonators. Yes. And he gets that scene with McLean. And and you and there it's like a cat and mouse scene mm-hmm. where where Hans even picks a name off the wall that he just happened to see you know when he was up there, and uh, that I love that scene. That's one of my favorite exchanges in the film. And then yeah, uh, Alan Rickman, I freaking love that guy, man. He's just he was great. So great flick. Yeah, that's right, Gruber. Ian, yes, sir. Okay, well, this show has all the makings of a classic, and it deserves to be a classic. Uh, It deserves to be a classic because it has a compelling good guy story and a compelling bad guy story and a compelling story between the two that really linked the two together in a very memorable way. John McClane is a, a, a typical... Uh, you know, he's a, he's a cop, but he's the typical guy who gets sucked into something that he wasn't prepared for. Uh, and as as you were saying earlier, Rick, uh, you know, he he's one of these guys and, and Samurai was saying this, too. He's one of these guys that's unprepared, which was something that was a little bit new uh, to a degree. So you can think of 
earlier you can think of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Commando, where he gets kind of sucked into something too. But he's a commando, you know what I mean? He's all jacked. He knows how to shoot a gun. He knows how to do this. This is one of those things where it's just enough of a movie out there that you can kind of imagine yourself being in, but also there's enough of a wall for it to be a movie to so that you don't imagine yourself in it. You know, it's, it, 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 it walks that fine line of being able to say, man, that'd be cool if something like that happened to me. You know, I can really identify with John Clay, John McClane in these ways. But there is also a sense of, hey, I'm glad that's not happening to me. And I'm glad I'm just yeah. viewing it and, and living it on on screen rather than living it in in real life. And that's the magic of that of, of a movie that really becomes a classic is when it's able to do that, to to, to be able to, to be both, you know, both the, the person you kind of want to be, but kind of glad you're not. And you're living it through uh, through the movie. Um so it's a, it's a great movie. Of course, there's the debate. We just had this on my channel on uh, Monday night where we talked about controversial Christmas movies. And that was one of the movies that came up as to whether or not it's a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie. And in the end, I let everybody decide. I'm not going to tell you what movies you, you know, are Christmas movies to you. And for a great many people, this is a holiday classic. Um, and so, you know, people watch this a lot at Christmas and so it means a lot. So I'm, and I know that that's part of the reason you're doing it, you know, at this time of year as well is cause it's one of those representing. Christmas, yeah. <laughs> quote unquote Christmas movies. So it's a classic movie. Uh, loved it. There were some downfalls to it as well, as far as some of the, the cheesiness of the story, like, you know, compelling the cops that there's something wrong. Well, why doesn't he just shoot the gun in the air? Why does he have to throw a body off the, you know, I mean, he could have done a, a, a many, many things to uh, alert the police as to what was happening. And then the story with the cop that he kind of becomes friends with as well. Uh, you know, he's he's talking about like how he, how he killed a kid accidentally. And uh, I think his, his redemption arc is a little weak. This is like he's getting okay. over trying to be a cop back and not necessarily getting over, uh, you know, the, the death of the, the kid that he unjustly killed or whatever, you know. So that 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 arc was a little weak, in my opinion. But, you know, I mean, great movie, classic and deserves to be a classic. All right. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna switch it here. I'm gonna go straight to E Rock. Oh wow. <laughs> um well I saw this. My parents were huge Bruce fans in the eighties. So uh you know when I when it came out I was a little young, but I saw it years later. Uh the thing that kind of stuck with me to this is I was always into like the whole action hero persona back then of course uh but i wish i could this is one of the movies i wish i could go back and forget i saw it because the first time i saw it i felt like um bruce willis got across really well like that he wasn't gonna make it like he was just like not even gonna survive the night <laughs> like so the whole time i'm like what i don't i mean there could be a sequel but if he makes it uh so that i was surprised with it was a little gorier than i thought it would be the first time around like i was like okay i can i can do this um dallin rickman's second best villain role in my opinion my my first is the sheriff of nottingham 
Yes. It is not. Um, I'm glad it's not a spoon. That <laughs> 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 hurts more, you twit. Um, <laughs> uh, little extra points for me is the Ode to Joy, because uh, Beethoven is my favorite classical composer. So that was a little, I always love a, you know, a good classical entry uh, into the movie. And uh, I mean, there's not really, I mean, who am I to say, like, to critique Die Hard? To me, it's it's 10 out of 10 for me, because hey, hey. it was, it was just right. one of those that, you know, there'll never be another one of. There you go. Awesome. Love it. Frank? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll make it brief since we have so many, you know, guests here. So... I think John, you know, John Materian really made two of the best action films, you know, Predator, this, and Die Hard 2. I mean, like, you know, he would be remembered just for these three films. I think yes. I remember seeing this at Granite Theater in Oakland. It was like sold out and you know, lining up, buying tickets. It was there were so many people. By the time I got in, it was like I missed that whole opening scene. So when I went in, I, I you know, when I went into the theater, it was right after he got to the Nakatomi Plaza. So I missed all that, you know, playing stuff. The, the 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 ride with Argyle, I miss all of that. But still, I had a great time. Um, again, you know, a, a great action film really depends on having a great villain. And obviously, you have this wonderful villain in Alan Rickman, you know. You know, me and my roommate would always do dialogue. <laughs> I mean, we love this film so much, we would be doing imitation of him saying the <laughs> line, you know, like, you know, like the rooftop scenes. Oh, no, you are one of them, you know, that, that sort of thing. And, you know, and also like shoot the glass, obviously, and also mm. the ladies and gentlemen. You know, so we just had a great time. But you know, it just tells you how memorable his, his villainy was. Um, yeah. I also like how <clears throat> the film very slightly introduced the building to you in the beginning, like the first, like say, thirty minutes of the film. So once the action started, you knew right away where he was or like where everybody was because he already showed you all these different rooms and stuff. Also, I mean, I agree some of the other villains is a little bit stereotypical. I mean, you know, like the Asian guy with the candy fixation. But I do like Kao. You know, I like the um, the other, the brother, Kao, played by uh, Alexander Gudunov. I think he was wonderful. You know, he's a ballet dancer, actually, from Russia. I think oh, wow. it was great. Um, I like how vulnerable he was. Again, you know, this was, I think, the first time you actually show how the vulnerability of the, your hero, you know, that he can, like, like you know, like we mentioned earlier, you know, he could die any moment. You know, like that scene with him pluck, plucking out the glass. I mean, yeah, that's that's you know that's <laughs> pretty cringeworthy. And uh, but I, what I like the most is how it builds up. You know, how it really builds up, and then it pays off so handsomely at the end. You know, you you thinking, oh, this is gonna go big, and it did. It did. It went big, right? It went big. The rooftop explosion, helicopter, and stuff. So so it really meets your yeah. I mean, you were hoping something like you know something this big would happen in the climax, and it gave it to you. And that's to me is the most satis satisfying aspect of this film. It's almost like a James Bond film. It builds up, it builds up, it builds up. It's a wonderful finale right here. I mean, this is just all great stuff, you know. So yeah, definitely a classic. I'm. I don't think this is uh, really a Christmas movie just because of the fact it was set in L.A. Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, Frank, Frank, you're asking for it. Watch me. I'm, I know. I know. You know, you know which, which movie is the most Christmas movie to me of all time? Eyes wide shut. 
Every scene is Christmas. Every scene oh, is decoration, boy. all that stuff. But that's all another Eyes wide. Yeah, I never heard that. He went <laughs> way after reservation. Wow. Yeah, No, nothing can beat Eyes Wide Shut in terms of the Christmas atmosphere. Okay? Oh. Yeah, wow, look at that. I know. Represent this is also Die Hard, too. So we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to eyes Wide Shut there. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a great class A. I remember how the audience cheered twice, you know, when Hans Gruber fell down, fell. You know, he grabbed, you know, they, they try to grab on him. He's about to shoot them. Yeah. And then he fell. And then the audience cheer. And then, of course, later on, when the cop shot the cow in the end, again, you know, just a great time in the movies. And I always remember it. And, you know, I, I've watched this movie like, I hope at that's least not a terrorist. Time. Never get tired. What? <laughs> yeah. I hope that's not a civilian. <laughs> yeah. I know. Hostage. <laughs> yeah. And also, oh, one more thing I had to point out. There's one, one, uh, I like how Materian uses a very slightest. Like a dialogue, one line to showcase some of the characters, like you know, like the um the FBI guy in the in the helicopter, you know, they're just like fucking Saigon, you know. All that's all you need to know about. <laughs> no, really, that's all you need to know about how crazy he is because he was in that, you know. Right, and all you need right, that he right. didn't even need to waste time explaining his background. All you need is well, that's one line of him sitting in a helicopter flying to LA and said, just like fucking Saigon. That's all. You that's need a to good know. point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that just tells you all you need to know about the characters. Yeah, very. You know, this is a very economic way of letting you know more about these characters. I think that he, yeah. that's fantastic. But that might not be McTiernan. That might be the screenwriter. Oh yes, so of course, right? Yeah. The screenwriter. Right. Oh yeah, I mean, the, the scriptwriter. Yes. Yeah. All right. Interesting. For writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I have to agree with Frank too when he was saying, you know, the towers themselves started to become a character in the movie. Mm. Yes. Yeah, mm. it's totally like Nakatomi. Yeah, yeah, they they took on their mm. own persona, right. and I know I get it. I get it. People are inside. People are climbing up. People are falling off. They're exploding. But you say Nakatomi Tower, and people understand what Nakatomi Tower is. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it would be like saying the Statue <laughs> of Liberty. Who doesn't? Right. You know, it's it's like its own entity. Right. Or oh, Nostromo. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Frank got to represent that sci-fi. He had to throw it in at the end. There. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Rick, do you know, Rick, if anyone's taken a toll of how many movie villains have fallen to their death? <laughs> I wonder. Well, that, I'm... That's, Dis that's Disney's gambit. Uh, this, Walt Disney will never, never wants, like Jackie Chan in the second half of his career, he never wants to defeat anyone he just wants to throw them off screen <laughs> this, this whole thing is we're, we're not going to kill anybody in an animated movie but we'll let them drop off something very hard <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you can oh, assume man. what you want you know? yeah yeah, yeah that'll be my <laughs> next book people who fall off buildings in movies yeah i know right uh all right neko go for it me what uh, yeah. so i, I have no, to make Scoot away, <laughs> I have, I, I'm going to make a confession that I've never even told DJ Anubis. Oh, shit. And oh, oh, oh. We've, we've been together since 2002, so this is a big one. Oh, no. I had never seen Die Hard <laughs> Wait, what? until what? I met him, and I bought it for him for Christmas, our first Christmas, December 2002. Ah. I bought him the Die Hard trilogy. Oh, the only Die Hard I had seen at, up to that point was Die Hard 3. I don't know oh. why, but it was. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I met him. We watched Die Hard. I'm like, 
this is amazing. And, this, <laughs> and it, because I feel like Die Hard 3 just went off on its own tangent, which I completely respect because I absolutely love that movie as well. But yeah. Die Hard was not what I was expecting. And I did a little research on Die Hard, and apparently it was based off a book called Nothing Lasts Forever. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, okay, and I'm reading through the synopsis of the book, and it's fairly similar, except for a couple of small details. They changed the names, and they changed some details, like, with who dies, who lives, etc. But I found that completely fascinating, because this is a movie for the last, uh, you know, since 2002. He was, like, diehard forever, you know, MFers, and <laughs> we watched it, and watched it, and watched it, and then I researched it just recently and I'm like, I did not realize that it was something that was based off of a book. Cause you think of things that are based off a book. You're like, Oh, it's a Stephen King novel or mm. it's Lord of the Rings. And this was a completely unique idea that someone brought to the table and then they put Bruce Willis in the role. And he and I were just watching it recently. Well, for this, and we're like, Bruce Willis was this is his like first action hero sequence. And you know, when um you think of Bruce Willis back in 88, he didn't really have that whole action hero kind of persona. He was still doing the rom-coms. Mm -hmm. So when I put all of that into perspective, I was like, holy crap. First of all, I've always loved Die Hard from day one that I saw it, but I did my research and I'm like, I feel a big appreciation for Die Hard. Like, I oh, felt nice. like everything came to fruition for this movie that had this amazing cast and all the action but then they had the one-liners and then you're like, totally, I want John McClane and Holly to be together and I want this to happen and I want everything to be a-okay. So yeah, yeah. that's what kind of like got me with Die Hard back nice. in Christmas 2002 when I bought this <laughs> for DJ Anubis. <laughs> Anubis, all I have to say is you have done well, my friend. <laughs> you have chosen wisely. And uh, Neko, what is that shirt you're wearing there? You can show us there. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Blood. Represent. Represent, son. That's right. Anubis, uh, what are you wearing? This is Wormwitch. <laughs> <laughs> Representing the metal. Hey, can I show nice, mine? Nice. All right, Lucy, Lucy. Can I show mine? Yeah, come on, Frank. Well, show, hold on. I think DJ Anubis wants that shirt, actually. <laughs> that's sci you're representing that sci-fi son. All right, Anubis. Anubis diehard. Go for it, brother. Yeah, I'll try to keep this oh, kind of shirt. Oh, funny shirt. Down there. <laughs> but uh it's funny because certain movies, and I know this goes with everybody that's on this panel, is that you remember certain movies at certain times in your life. Uh, I was 18 when I saw this in a the theater, and uh, you didn't have internet, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have all that stuff to like kind of promote it. So like, obviously, I must have seen the trailers for it on TV or something, but something really drew it to me. And I don't know if Rick knows this or anything, if he had any backstory. For some reason, I had to travel from Aurora, Colorado to Littleton, which is only about an hour, but 
in order to watch it at a theater, I had to actually travel. So it was like limited release? I think, maybe early on, but I went and did it anyway just because I really wanted to see this film. I did not leave disappointed at all. And just some of my favorite scenes out of this was like when <laughs> I think it was uh, who brought the helicopter? Was it Frank? Uh, yeah. You know, when it blows up, you got uh, what's his face, uh, Vernon going, right? Uh, I guess we're gonna need some more FBI guys, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I also like the whole Christmas thing. Like, I think one of the reasons, besides the fact that it happens around that time, is it's also the characters are kind of using it. So, like, when Theo is actually doing his little drilling into the uh, uh the vault, you know, he's like, okay, we got these uh squad guys or these uh squat uh, SWAT teams coming in, he's like, all right. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the houses, nothing to strike except for these little idiots outside or some shit like that. He's saying that they're coming up. Um, <laughs> and then Bruce Willis, like his wit throughout this. Like I, I had seen the show Moonlighting, and uh, I think he did Blind Date with Kim Basinger, and those movies are hilarious. So I knew he had that kind of humor. So when he did this whole action thing, I was like blown away. It, it really fit him. And so I, I really liked that a lot about him. And yeah, the last I thing I'll point to, and it, there he is. One of my favorite villains is Carl, man. That yes. is a great character. I yes, really Kyle. like that guy. I love Carl. Yes. Mm-hmm. By so, the way, my favorite joke in the film was, um, do I sound like I'm trying to order a fucking pizza? To me, that was like... <laughs> 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 well, Shit, right. I didn't even really do answer your question. The casting of Bruce Willis was wildly controversial. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And also to add a couple of, you know, I wasn't, I was going to hold off on this. I met Bruce Willis shortly before this. He was, I was the special media consultant on the revival of the Twilight Zone in the mid 80s. And he had just gotten the part on Moonlighting. And he was on an episode called Shatter Day that I was on a set of with Wes Craven directing. Oh, wow. And it was one of those situations where Willis wasn't talking to anybody. He didn't want to talk to anybody, but I was off to the side and I always fascinated by how these guys act. So we started talking and he was talking about that. He was auditioning for an action film, but the studio didn't want him. And so once he got it, once they insisted that uh, the uh, McTiernan and the rest of the crew insisted that he be in it. And also he, he got next to nothing for it. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Then the studio, being as stupid as studios always are, said, you know, oh, this is risky. This is a risky movie. In other words, no matter, nobody in Hollywood can see quality. They can only see the gimmicks and the stuff. We don't have a big star. Therefore, this is, this is probably going to fail. So they, they let it out very slowly. That's why you had to drive for it. Mm. And also, by the way, Neko, I knew the author of this book. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, wow. I was the media guy at the Mystery Writers of America at that That's time. So cool. uh, Walter Wager. He's done. He's had a bunch of um, of his books uh, made into movies, never under his original titles. Hmm. He was a good writer, but he had he was a terrible titler. <laughs> <laughs> and also the big thing, and also he was he wasn't he didn't feed the audience because at the end of the book. The, the girl, the woman, the wife, she's the one who falls. She's the one with the watch and she dies. Oh. Very oh. wisely, the, uh, the screenwriter of this movie, who's a very good screenwriter. Interesting. Uh, 
decided, no, no, we're going to save that. We're going to save that. <laughs> and, and, and apparently the kids were at the party too. So it was like, it yeah. was like a whole no. big thing. Oh, no. It was very, I mean, it was the same concept, but like small details kind of always <clears throat> make, you know. Yeah, he gave, Walter gave Hollywood dead cow and Hollywood made it into steak. So, <laughs> yeah, that, I was telling you guys earlier about that documentary I was watching, and like they mentioned that Bruce was kind of like the first non like bulky dude action hero kind of guy. So it made a lot of sense why there was a controversy you were speaking about because he he didn't look like Arnold. Yeah, he wasn't like Arnold or Stallone I mean, he is pretty. Or, he's pretty like. I mean, yeah, he's built, but he had he's your lean, average looking kind of guy yeah. look, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he also acted with humor. All the rest, although Schwarzenegger did humor too. But yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome. Getting these backstory stories is awesome. Derek. Derek. <laughs> All right. Not a fan. So, there's there's not a whole lot that I can he say that hasn't been said. Other than this movie sucks. <laughs> no. Oh, just no, kidding. You you like skyscraper better, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. The chat's gonna kill me. Better. The Rock needs to be in every action movie ever. Skyscraper was better. I kind of agree. I do love The Rock. He's hysterical. All right, go but, ahead. You know, oh yeah, it's uh so like the dialogue's great, the one-liners, you know, a lot of movies they don't work, but in this one they just it seems like almost every single one of them is iconic and they work and they fit in, not just you know, for humor, but also like almost believable like they would say that too at the same time. Just really well-written dialogue. Uh <laughs> like when she's like a uh John's still alive, and the other girl's like, "How do you know?" And she's like, "Only John could drive somebody that crazy." <laughs> yeah, and he's over the curls over there smashing shit. I was like, "That's so funny, man!" Um, all the acting's good. Alan Rickman, uh, obviously, um, Bruce Willis. It feels like I'm a big fan of most of his movies, but this is one of the few ones where I think I'm a fan of not just the movie, but his performance too. Like, I think Ooh. that he did a really good job here. It feels like something he was born to do. Uh, uh, Bonnie and I forget her last name, but uh, who, yes, thank you. Yes, uh, I mean, she fits right into this whole universe too. Just her wit and you know how strong of a female character she is. She just, you know, she's able to combat anybody on the screen in her on screen presence. Like every time she's on the screen, I just feel glued in. Like she just has a really good on screen presence. Um, I, there are some things that I, I nitpick about it, but that don't really take okay. away from the quality at all. But, oh, you know, good. like, um, for instance, there's a scene where there's two bad guys and they both have these machine guns. Each machine gun has a 30 round clip, but they shoot at Bruce Willis for about three minutes straight. <laughs> and even he says, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like about halfway through the clip. Cause he, even he's thinking, how is this fucking possible? <laughs> um, but you know, there's Maybe just little things really, like really bad shots. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, or really, really fast. They got the sleight of hand reload yeah. from Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> but became stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they can't hit anything, but they have unlimited ammo. Yeah. Uh, it's some kind of cheat code. But in like in the hand to hand scenes too, it seems like when someone is landing their shots, the other person is just taking them. There's no blocking. There's no fighting back. It's like punch, and they're like, oh, punch, oh, oh. You know, some of that stuff kind of bothers me. It's just that's not how a fight works. That's not how it happens. Um, 
but you know, other than that, like I said, that's nitpicking. Um, this is a great movie. It's, it's like, uh, E-Rock said, this is a 10 out of 10. Uh, if you want an action movie, there's not very many ones that I might would even put above this. I don't know if there are any to be, honest. I'd have to sit and think about it. It's just up there in terms of action movies. Uh, and you know, it, it just comes down to, I think everything just came together perfectly. Awesome. I agree. And now, the, the the legend himself, who did a wonderful cosplay <laughs> of this scene. Yeah, wonderful cosplay, my friend. Very very well done. Right on. Owen, Die Hard, my friend. Okay. Yeah, absolute classic. One of the all time great action movies. Um, not much I can say that anyone else hasn't said, but I love how it was sort of the creation of the Valverde universe. It's like this and Commando and everything all take place in like the same subtle universe because all written by Stephen E. D'Souza. It's really more mentioned in, in the second one. Um, but you have like the Pacific Couriers and stuff like this. And there, these are all companies that are used throughout these movies. It's like Speed, Commando, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon. So like all kind of subtly connected that way, which is really cool. Um, but to me, Die Hard is a trilogy. There's two other movies, but they suck. Um, and to, to me, the main thing of Die Hard and what I think they lost track of in the late ones was getting rid of Holly. Like, Holly is his reason for basically living in these movies. And, you know, he would do anything for her. And I never bought that they would, like, break up later on or whatever and that he hadn't learned to stop being an asshole. And it's like, you know, that was his arc in the first one because he was an asshole to her earlier on. And then he went through all that hell and then he rescued her at the end. So, you know, the later movies, uh, particularly five, uh, just, like, totally forgot, like, who the character was. Um, but, yeah, I love Bonnie Bedelia's Holly. My favorite funny scene, which I don't think anyone mentioned yet, though, and something John McTiernan always does is where he mocks the sort of testosterone fuel things. So you have the SWAT team arriving, and they're like, let's go kick some ass. And that guy goes, ow! And he pricks himself on a rose. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually love that. It's just like just the total opposite of you know, what you'd expect, which I, I like here. He just sort of does that. Uh, great action scenes, great dialogue. Uh, Hans as you know, one of the all-time great villains, if not the greatest action movie villain, although I may surprise you later with what I say. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, classic movie cool. for you. Did it make you want to get some Twinkies? Yes. <laughs> yes. I wanted some Twinkies uh, after I watched the movie, for sure. You know what I'm saying? No one no one has mentioned no one has mentioned the sleazy conniving uh, betrayal guy that was trying to get Holly. Nobody mentioned Uh, that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. That was so satisfying when that guy died. Yeah, what made me mad was they tried to blame Bruce and Bruce or or, uh, John, and he's blaming himself. And I'm like, I mean, who cares? The guy was a dickhead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I went to school with him. Shit. No way. He was also the dickhead in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yes. He's a great actor. He's he plays it so well, I actually want to punch him. Well, yeah, a lot of people did, and he was very unhappy about that. Oh no. Oh the lead in the music man. He was the charmer in the school. He was the music man? Yes. Huh. Are you thinking Atherton or are you thinking the guy the that Atherton, right? Atherton. William Atherton. Yeah, I, I think William he's Atherton. talking about the other guy. Yeah, the guy's like, he's like, Coke smoke. Hey, John. Yeah. Oh, okay. John. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, I remember like, when, hey, when, when I was I can watching give, I can give him to you. You know, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, John. John Boy. That guy. I remember watching the film when William Atherton, remember he went to um, Holly's house and then the talk talk to the maid. 
And mm. then he said, you know, listen, you know, you 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 either let me in or I'm going to report you to the INS. The whole audience going, ooh, you know, <laughs> that was a pretty bad, you know, that was there pretty was like, bad. But yeah, he's oh, great. Yeah. I mean, he's a villain. Yeah. Great, you know. Andy Sinor from Popcorn Planet <laughs> hanging out Popcorn with us. What's going Planet! on, brother? Yeah, man. He Yay. said uh, William Ather uh, Atherton rocks, he says. Nice. nice. He's watching, huh? That's awesome. Yeah, he does. All right. Let us move it on here. Ooh. Move it on up. Move it on, John Boy. All right. <laughs> Die Hard 2. <laughs> Die Harder. That's Die right. Hard 2. 1990. What a year that was. Uh, two years. Right <laughs> after the 10. first film. They didn't waste any time with the sequel on this one. I was negative now, here's, two. Here's my experience. You guys are all young. <laughs> my experience with with Die Hard Two. I went out and I didn't. I did not see Die Hard Two on on TV. It came out on VHS. Was the first time I wanted to wait. I didn't want to pull a Die Hard One all over again experience. I was like, I don't want to watch nothing edited. I want to. I want to go out and buy it. I went out and bought Die Hard Two on VHS, and all my friends made fun of me. They were like, what? Die Hard 2! <laughs> yeah, that's how they all laughed. They all laughed like that. <laughs> they were like, that's the worst movie of all time! That's the worst too. in the trilogy! That's one of the worst action movies I've ever seen in my entire life! Oh my no, god, right. I wasted I am, so I much really money! Sad. I am sad for you that yeah. all of your friends were you nice like evil <laughs> I flipped them all off and went home and watched <laughs> yeah. But right. I just I just remember it, it kind of helped my viewing experience actually. But was it also and so I, I I went in and um I even talked to a couple of other people too. I was like, hey, you seen Die Hard too? They're like, oh man, that movie's horrible. Like they like nothing but negativity. So I went at home, Holy popped crap. it in my VH, popped it in my VH VHS, my VCR, and dude, I I really enjoyed the hell. On a Die Hard 2, I was like, dude, this is badass. This is a fun sequel. Yeah. This is a fun movie. What's everybody like destroying this movie? You know? Yeah, it has your typical sequel tropes in there, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, in terms of enjoyment value and entertainment value, Die Hard 2 is, <laughs> 2 is fucking legit, bro. Yeah. It is legit. Yeah, Action absolutely, fun, man. Dude. Like, no it's doubt. A fun, it's a fun watch. So, I don't know. I, I mean... Uh, there's, a, there's another reason why I chose this movie because I wanted to hear what you guys thought about it, good or bad. You know, let me have it for sure if it's if you if you think it sucks. But I mean, I wanted to I wanted it to be in the conversation because it never is, mm -hmm. especially when you see the public voting poll results when we get mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the video. I, did, mm -hmm. I didn't see it yet. People Sorry. people argue. No, die Hard. Is it, we're, we're still arguing guess. today. Die Hard is a, is a Christian movie. No one's talking about Die Hard too. It's not even coming up in the conversation. Oh my goodness! They would they, at this point they would probably say, "Hey, Eyes Wide Shut is a Christmas movie." Then Die Hard <laughs> Two, right now. that'll be the conversation, right? And so I was like, "Dude, I watched it. I rewatched it recently for tonight, and I still had a blast. Badass, violent people getting shanked in the head. I mean, it's it's just a fun action <laughs> right movie. I mean, what else do you want from your sequel? Do you want your sequel to be garbage, or do you want it to be a fun ride?" So, I enjoyed the film. All right. Rick, destroy it. <laughs> Let's you know, Rick, cake. Rick is not going to destroy it. Rick is going to explain it. Oh, And okay. that is, there's, there's only one thing. If Die Hard 2 was released at a different time, 
it would mm. be considered one of a, a fine, fine action movie, a really good one. In fact, Willis and McLean doubles down on the effort and emotion, passion and compassion in this one. Some of my favorite sequences that I use as an example of creating involvement in the audience in an action scene involve his use of the walking stair, stair uh, the walking um, path. What's that called? The automatic path. Uh -huh. His use of that and the escalators and all the rest of it is extraordinary. His use of the gun is extraordinary. There's only thing, one thing wrong with this movie. It's the sequel to Die Hard. Yep. Mm. If exactly. Die Hard didn't exist, mm. Die Hard would be revered. Die Hard 2, Die Harder would be oh, yeah. revered. Mm -hmm. But it follows Die Hard. So if they renamed it something else, you think it would be some, a little bit more impactful, like no, not Die not, Hard, not, but like still Bruce Willis. It's still do, Bruce Willis doing his thing, right. and of course the villains aren't nearly as memorable as the villains were in Die Hard One. It's still a very good movie. Yep, it's just I'm, I'm stunned. I'm hearing this from <clears> I, I'm now. I'm going to oh, say some wow. similar things it. actually. So it's, mm -hmm. but it, yeah, all right. Yeah. It's a shame that it's a sequel to Die Hard because you can't. <laughs> you know. All right, Rick. Anything else? Yeah, there was, but I can't think of it now. It was you come it back was to more, it. Yeah. It was more personal stuff, you know, uh, how I was involved or whatever. But I don't remember now. Yeah, if you remember, I want everybody back. All right, we're gonna go straight to Ian. Go ahead. Ian. Ooh. Okay. Well, this was an attempt to create Die Hard in a sense. It yeah. happens at Christmas. He is still the kind of fumbling kind of cop who can't, you know, who's thrown into a situation. And it works. <laughs> it works. That okay, that's what everybody, this is what everybody needs to understand. Sorry. It yeah. works. Mm -hmm. It is more intense. Yes. The, the story is more compelling. The fight scenes are better. And uh, I think uh, I, I, I would put it, a, I would repeat the same sentiment Rick said. But I would put it another way. If Die Hard 2 had come out first and then Die Hard, all the hate would be on Die Hard. Right. I mean, it, 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 I just, the only, there's only a couple things about Die Hard 2 that weren't quite as good. And that is, is that it doesn't have the, um, the, as the, as compelling of a bad guy as it did as the first one did. But I honestly believe if somebody, if you just popped in uh, to the DVD player and you had somebody sit down and they were from another planet and they did not know Die Hard 1 came out first and you said, hey, we're going to watch Die Hard 2 or we're going to watch Die Hard 1 and you put in Die Hard 2 and then you put in Die Hard 1 afterwards, they'd be saying the same thing everybody says about Die Hard 2, but for Die Hard 1, it was really just a matter of which one was made first. Interesting. Especially if you put Alan Rickman in Die Harder. Then... Well, I, I mean, just just as is, as is. I think that the story. I think that the story is more intense and more compelling. Yes, especially being in the air and all the stuff and being at an airport. I, yeah. I, I kind of the air traffic because... control rooms and yeah. The one the the one thing was is is that police officer that was tipped off by Bruce Willis in the very beginning who didn't do anything. His shit would be canned. In real life, he would be friend? the man who was responsible for everything uh -huh, because right. there was a tip off for this. Um, the other thing that's a negative about Die Hard 1 that doesn't happen in Die Hard 2 
is, and I know I'm going to be the turd in the punch bowl with this one. Folks, but <laughs> it's all good. I do, I, other than McLean's one-liners, all the ancillary jokes are really, really corny and cheesy, and they just do not hold up over the over time, in my opinion. I didn't like them then, and uh, and and I don't like them, and I don't like them now. I just think they're too cheesy. I just you think, think they're, they're you know with the, the the headphones and the guy yeah. and that the guy coming under the counter to get the chocolates. I just I was like, this is this is this is silly and an otherwise really good show. Okay. Um, and so Die Hard Two doesn't have that stuff. Yes, there are a couple things in Die Hard Two where, like for example, when he comes out of the ceiling and he's getting shot at point blank, and you know they all miss, you know that kind of thing does happen in Die Hard Two. But uh, honestly, I really believe if Die Hard Two came out first, everything mm. people are saying about Die Hard Two, they would say about Die Hard One. They're like, oh, it's a copy. <clears throat> oh, they're just trying to do the. Oh, it's just it's they're just trying to remake all the stuff that they say negative about Die Hard Two. They'd be saying about Die Hard One. If it was reversed, actually, if, uh, <laughs> if the rocket, actually, if skyscraper came out first, uh, <laughs> oh, it would be stuff. better than all the diehard movies. And uh, yeah, I, I actually like, watch uh, Red Notice on. <laughs> I'm wondering too. For me, I, I I don't know if it's my personal opinion, but like, I love Die Hard, Die Hard Two almost feels like it's a more realistic scenario mm. in our world today mm-hmm. i mean yeah. yes die hard one they're like oh we we're getting some bonds and we're getting some gold bars and we're gonna blow up some towers but like die hard two they're like we're gonna fuck up your world we're taking <laughs> over all of yeah. your air traffic control and then we're gonna ruin yep. everything and i feel like it's a little <clears throat> bit more realistic in die hard two versus die hard one and we've we've had you know situations similar to that in our past you know not too far back and that definitely makes it hit home you know for mm-hmm. you know for the whole world but especially as Americans you know and, and with what we had so yeah definitely I think it makes it hit harder as a story mm-hmm. for sure right. yes I mean it was cool seeing uh, original Django here frankly yes. I like that I like that it was cool seeing him in the movie I wanted to see him do a little bit more but it was it was cool seeing him and and he there was, was some there were some fun side characters I mean. In the first Die Hard, we had, uh, you know, the dad from Family Matters. Well, now we had the dad from Good Times. Yeah! Oh, yes. oh, we got James, son. Oh, Wait James! That's you one know. thing, too, that Die Hard 2 has over is that twist, that twist in the plot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It turns that out to guy, be yeah. awesome. Yeah, it turns end. out yeah. to be. And I was like, whoa. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that twist when it's my turn. Okay. He tells off right? that guy's like, get this bureaucrat out of my face. He's, <laughs> he's, no, he's no Alan Rickman. But no. I, he's it's a different character. So I actually yeah. liked yes. William Sadler yeah. in this because I'm so used to him playing kind of weaselly. I mean, look at look at look at how look at his character in this movie, and then Grim look Reaper. at what he did in Hard to Kill. Yeah, Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. You know, oh Vernon, right? Yeah. And then uh, oh yeah, the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah. I, I, I like him, but I mean, yeah, I get it. In terms of iconic characters, it's it's hard to beat. Uh, I want my detonators. All I right. want my detonators. Frank. Count me in as a defender, a big fan of this film. I love it. Oh, hey. Film. I mean, every the stakes are much higher in this film I than the previous film. You know, like you know, like we talked about earlier. The first film, the villains are really robbers, bang robbers, right? You know, they're stealing bonds. Here they're terrorists. They blew up a plane. <laughs> yeah. they, I mean, they kill, you know, they crash a plane. I mean, they kill yeah. hundreds of people. I mean, come on. I mean, that's 
you know, I just like how everything the stakes got higher. Everything is more serious. Like, like you know, like like um, you know, I mentioned it's like intense and stuff. It's really intense, and and I like how in the first thirty minutes, even though there's hardly any action in almost like first thirty or forty minutes until that, you know, until that scene in the escalator, uh, the elevator, uh, the escalator, you and you know, like like you anticipating things going to go really really wrong here. You know, the airport getting paralyzed. You know, snowstorms coming in. Uh, you know, and then you have all these bad characters setting things up. You know, I just like how dire the situation gets more. You know, the situation gets more and more dire as the film progresses, and finally until <clears throat> that that hallway, you know, gunfight. And and the, and the one one more thing is, you know, by then John Woo films has come out, right? I think The Killer has come out, and there's a lot of John Woo in that first shootout. I mean, I sense you know, there's a certain John Woo imitation there, and and I, when I remember watching it the first time, I was like, oh, that's John Woo, you know, because Obviously, you know, we being big Hong Kong cinema fans, we've already seen the first two Better Tomorrow films and then The Killer right before this came out. And so, so you know, obviously, Renny Harlan got a lot of inspiration from that. But I just, and then also the characters, you know, like like Holly, you know, the 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 way they use Holly in the film, I thought was pretty smart. You know, she's trapped in the plane. Mm-hmm. That they were able to incorporate her into the story and she became really part of the whole, part of the whole scheme to to take down the bad guys and the brutality of the film. I mean, like, you know, you crash a plane, you have ice pick in the eye, and, and then, you know, the brutal, like the the, the, um, the conveyor belt fight, the crashing the bad guys. So that, you know, everything's on a higher level in terms of violence, brutality, intensity. And that's really what I like. But then, yeah. And I mean, the T1000 oh, yeah. shows up. <laughs> yeah. T1000, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, kept waiting for him to say, where's John Connor? <laughs> yeah, then to shoot him and he just looks at him like, okay. Call out so. John. <laughs> but and I like and also I like the airport personnel. I think Fred Thompson, the late Fred Thompson, did a wonderful job. Hmm. You know, he, he put everything in perspective. And then the twist in the you know in the in the film, you know, the blanks, shooting the blanks. I mean, the, the plot is just more complex. They, they thought of all these things. Like mm-hmm. they, they really put a lot of effort into making this a this plot as technically more complex yet still you can follow it and then in the end when like when we when you realize they're shooting blanks you're like oh man these guys are geniuses they thought this all through this is a well thought out plan they're gonna you know they're gonna get this captain they're gonna out get out of there and stuff so but then and once again in the end it pays off everything you know pays off you know you have that plane fight you have how the landing lights everything pays off and like i said to me this film is more of a christmas movie than the first Die Hard because of the fact that you have snow, it's set in DC, it's cold. To me, this is more of a Christmas movie than, than the first Die Hard. But it's stunned. usually not cold in DC on <laughs> December 25th because I live 45 minutes from DC. Oh, wow. I am stunned. I, I literally thought I was going to be the only guy that enjoyed Die Hard 2 today. <laughs> hey, Eric. Oh, Eric. Wow. It's very enjoyable. It's just not Die yeah. Hard 1. Eric. Exactly. Die, hard, die Hard 2, Eric. That's die Harder. Um, this is part of my annual Rennie Harland December double feature with Cliffhanger, baby. Yeah, great double feature. <laughs> nice, no man. Yeah. Um, I think when I first, I don't know, the first handful of times I watched this when I was younger, I did have some problems with it that have been alleviated over time. Uh, I did have a little bit of a problem back in the day with with John Amos and Art Evans in terms. Of, I think they kind of. I don't know, pushed it a little hard with their performances, but now I actually do kind of quite, I enjoy both of them. I just kind of got used to it. 
Um, also, the opening shot is like McLean's car bumper, and I always thought that was kind of like an awkward opening shot to the to the film. But uh, but again, after that, we, we we start getting on the right path when we got uh, our boy William Sather doing his badass morning workout routine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the nude. <laughs> yeah, like, flash. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, again, I, I'm a big fan of movies that are set in the winter. And take place mostly <laughs> at night, so it's like a it, it's this is right up my alley. I do think it pairs well with the original film. And nowadays, I tend to I feel like I enjoy it a little bit more every time I rewatch it. I mean, it's just paced so well. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it starts and it just keeps rolling. You don't with an action movie. You know, dead weight is a big thing for me. It's a big negative. And this movie doesn't really do that, and I, that's that's really. Uh, really a big thing for me and yeah they do up the stakes i mean when the first time i saw the film the plane actually blew up i was i was kind of in shock mm-hmm, yeah and i do mm-hmm. like the reactions especially mm-hmm. in mclean when he's just sitting on the stairs completely dejected at his failure to save like you know hundreds of people died you know what i mean and he's trying to like deal with it and i, I like that um so yeah mclean is still vulnerable in this film so, so that and if you look at the final fight, the villain kicks his butt. I mean, he loses the final fight in this film. He just gets mm-hmm. owned and thrown off the plane, you know, but luckily he pulled like the gas uh, right. line thing. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this is this is a film that it continues to grow on me over time. You get a cameo from Sergeant Al Powell, which was nice. And you get Robert Patrick and John Leguizamo's in this film. Mm-hmm. And you could barely like notice them because you know they kind of cut it kind of fast. But uh, yeah, this is one uh, I like it. I certainly enjoy it. I, I can I point out one thing real quick. I think one reason we felt that we were more involved while watching this film was because this film starts without credits. It, it mm. we went right into the film. I think this was one of the earliest modern action film where it didn't start with the credits. You know, Die Hard, I mean, obviously, the first time you have the opening credits, you know, mm-hmm. and all throughout that whole 10 minutes, uh, which I missed in the theater. But, but this one, the moment they, they show you the title, boom, you went right into it. Right. You didn't see the credit until the very end. I think that really helped you in getting yourself more involved in this film because it just took, like, it just took you right into the situation, right into John McClane's, you know, conjurement, uh, con- you know, like like his, you know, his, his uh, predication, you know, predicament. So, so I think that's one reason why, you know, as an audience, we felt much more involved in this one than, mm. than the oh. first one. All right. Uh, Derek. All right. Derek. So, yeah, uh, I also really enjoy this movie. Uh, so I'll start with the things that I really like about this. I'll kind of keep it short. I have a lot of notes, but I'll kind of nitpick yeah, through them as I go. Uh, another great cast, you know. Um, uh, Bruce Willis, it just feels like he kind of flawlessly steps right back into this role. Like I said, it's one of the few, like I said, I like all his movies. Like it's, he doesn't take away from any movies for me. He's in a lot of great movies. Uh, I like to see him on screen, but like as far as performances, John McClane is like his pinnacle for me. You know, like when he steps into that role, it feels natural, um, which is odd because like everybody's kind of mentioned, it's not what he was known for, especially at the time. Um you know, I, I really like one of the things I like. I like the dialogue is great again, but one of the uh, quotes and, and scenes I really like is the old lady on the plane uh, who's telling her, she's like, uh, but now I've got this. And she's like, I tried it on the dog, 
poor thing limped for a week. <laughs> and, you know, I just like, yeah, I just, I love that stuff. You know, I, throwing that in there every now and then it just, and you know, and uh, again, when, with the performances of everybody that came back, just, just like I said, they just kind of, it just feels like they never stepped out of the roles. You know, it's almost like they're those same people again. Uh, whereas a lot of times in a sequel, uh, the acting performance is different. So it, it really changes the dynamic and can take away from a movie. And I don't feel like, uh, it, they didn't do that, at least not at this part uh, point in the franchise. Um, you know, they, I like that these movies and especially the first two, uh, can add the drama without taking away from the action and the awesome stuff that, you know, the blood and the gore, and you still get all this awesome kill scenes and John McClane still fighting for his life, but you still get the, the, you know, the family dynamic relationships, uh, you know, and the bad guys perspective, you get all these things thrown in without taking away from anything else. And I think that's really special and that's hard to do. Um, especially it's hard. It's even harder to convey to the audience. And, uh, I like the setting of this movie better. Like somebody else said already before, uh, in the airport, it just, I don't know if that's just be, you know, because like of uh, some of the points I pointed out or, or if it's just because, you know, like somebody else said, it feels, it just feels more realistic. It feels like something that could happen any given day, you know, at an airport. And, um, I, I, the, like the air traffic control scene is just incredible. It, already one of the most stressful jobs that I could imagine having. And they just add all this other chaos into it and it feels believable. And I'm like, man, I don't envy those people at all. Um, and, but uh, that being said, some of the same things that I said negatively about the first one kind of still translate to this. Uh, uh, the hand to hand is better, but some of the same issues people just kind of taking punches Um a lot of the situations feel forced to kind of get John McClane back into this, you know, similar situation. Like, you know, you can go from the, the big story plot feeling like it's the same thing over, but even like the simple fact that he's going through it again, uh, the small coincidences like they throw in to progress the story. Like, he know, he, he recognizes the main guy, main villain, you know, his wife's on this particular plane. He's in this airport, you know, he happens to have his gun in his badge. There's a whole bunch of things that kind of, you know, play in that I'm like, I don't know if that would all that would take a lot of coincidence. But other than that, and some of the other complaints I said about the first one, uh, I don't have anything else bad to say about it. Because uh, like Ian said, if this would have came out first, they would have this would have been the Die Hard movie. Uh, this would have been, you know, the OG, the one that everybody talks about as being the classic. I think it's just a product of being the second one. Like Rick said too, it's just not die hard because it came out after it, not because it's not as good. It just came out after it. All right. Copy that. Uh, Owen, I have this image. You can go next, my friend, but I have this image just for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can talk about that. And it also was actually just, I've watched this movie the other night for, for the first time in a couple of years. And it was only on this view whenever I realized that Holly was going over Nakatomi notes. Um, because uh, for some reason, I'd never, never noticed it before where she was looking over it. And I was like, gosh, there's actually a nice, still, nice connection to the first one there. Um, but yeah, this there are moments in this movie which are some of my favorite moments of the franchise. Like the ejector seat scene had all of us cheering in the cinema. Oh, shit. That's the best scene of the franchise. I love that scene. I, I think I snuck into the cinema at the time. I was 12 when I saw it. And everyone roared when it happened. And we were just like, oh, that was amazing. It was yeah. just so cool. Um, and then, uh, as, as Frank says, uh, 
I think William Sadler as Colonel Stewart is the most diabolical villain of the entire franchise. He is the most evil. Like, like that's why I think he's actually the best villain because he's not charming. He's not likable. Like with Hans Gruber, you're sort of like, yeah, you know, I can get behind that guy. You know, I'll work for him and get rich, whatever. But Colonel Stewart, no, he's he's a psychopath. He crashes a plane of three hundred people and murders them and doesn't even blink. And I was like, yeah, that's maybe the most diabolical villain thing in action history. I can't think of anybody who's done anything that bad, apart from maybe Thanos. He had his reasons. Yeah. I'm actually on Team Thanos, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we all are. I find Carmine just a bit annoying and just unbelievable that way he's like no nobody's that much of an asshole yeah they are but uh they're, they're just i just find him just too jarring and i'm like no i, I think he would be uh more understanding as the story goes on and he is but it takes too long for him to get there um but uh and there's, there's some ropey dialogue as well i think the script's not quite as good um but well paced a guy gets his head crushed in the conveyor belt in the opening fight scene that's amazing yeah. um that needs to be celebrated <laughs> um, really, really well paced. Some good, some good um, and then satisfying finale, huge body count. So yeah, I actually really like this one. That's uh, really good. It's uh, yeah, it's it's, all, it's almost the last real Die Hard film. It's the last one with Holly in it. Oh yeah. Oh wow, interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, e Rock. Oh. Uh... Okay, quick little backstory, and then my opinion. Okay, so uh, I'm the type of person that, like, you know, if me and the lady go see a movie in theater and she whips out her phone, I'm like, what the hell do you think you're doing? Like, put it away. <laughs> this is the cinema. Like, respect the area, you know. Um, so I always have to keep that in mind when it comes to Die Hard 2 because not everyone is like us. Right. So like if I'm talking to like a normal person, it's like, oh, you know, do you like Die Hard 1 or Die Hard 2 better? And, you know, they go, is Die Hard 2 the one in the airport? It's like, uh, it's like, are they really that similar to a normal person that, you know, they have to like, <laughs> it's the setting that really is like the... Uh, Deciding factor of these. I'm two surprised movies. they didn't say uh, there was a Die Hard two. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, this is one of my closest friends. This is his favorite action movie of all time. So he wow. has many. Wow. He has he has many uh, like random facts that I always liked, and maybe Rick can tell me if they're true or not. Uh, one of them was. Is which you could I, I could tell is in the first one Bruce Willis had like a lot of his were ad libbed one liners and they kind of caught on that everyone was liking them so they gave him a lot more freedom in the second one to just ad lib throughout <laughs> the movie and it was like you kind of caught on to be like oh yeah he's he's definitely just being Bruce like just throwing whatever comes to mind out there. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Quickly comment. I was going to mention earlier, but I was going to save it to later. But you gave me the intro. You can chart the disintegration of the Die Hard series on the basis of the disintegration of Bruce Willis as a human being. Oh. <laughs> wow. I mean, he got so jaded so fast, 
And, you know, you watch him now. You watch him get take all these movies that just mm. give him money and mm. sleepwalk through them. You talk to Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith about the movie he worked with Willis on, and he idolized Willis. And Willis comes to the set and just acts like a total shit the whole time. <laughs> Cop, the right? the movies go down, you can watch the disintegration of him as an actor, as a Hollywood person. Carry on. <laughs> and uh one thing that i always kind of like was always played in the back of my head was the i guess the make-believe place uh valverde is mm. also in commando which kind of puts die hard and commando in the same universe i just thought like is that possible <laughs> kind of <Yeah>. cool <laughs> um so in to wrap it up, uh, I kind of had what most of you, most of your rooms look like. In my college apartment, I had the Die Hard trilogy framed posters. One and the other. The second one says "Bigger, Badder, and Better," and uh, it's from like what everyone's saying is. I think it it all comes down to the timing of it like it's it like to me it's i feel it's die hard one with a with a horse steroid in it and we're off mm -hmm. <laughs> all right excuse me metal tavern podcast neko go for it <laughs> <laughs> so i have to make another confession hmm <laughs> After I purchased the trilogy for my husband before we were husband and wife and back in 2002, I had only seen Die Hard 2. <laughs> I had only seen it one time and then we watched it together because I bought it as a present and then we watched it recently. So I have seen Die Hard 2 a total of three times. Mm. I have no hate for Die Hard 2 at all. Okay. I have I, I feel like Die Hard 2 is much more realistic than mm. Die Hard 1. Like, if you think of our world today, it, it could be more possible for this type of terrorist to kind of deal with things and, you know, demand things in Die Hard 2 the way they do in Die Hard 1. Regardless, I watched Die Hard 2, and he caught me. I took a nap. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Looking away. It's all oh, good. Boy. Oh, and I don't know if it's because I wasn't engaged or if I was tired, but, like, with Die Hard 1, I'm on. I'm right. on. I'm on. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm on speed, kind of on. Like I'm like it's die hard. It's die hard. We're gonna die hard, motherfucker. We're, we're dying hard. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> die hard too. I'm like, this is very realistic. This this could be like a fucking documentary. It's so realistic. And then, <sighs> but that's not like anything against the actors or the story yeah. mm -hmm. i feel like You've, maybe the first one was more fun to you yes. more fun yeah but uh -huh. you have to realize i saw three before i saw one or two that's interesting 
Yeah. She, but wait till she tells you. She thinks that three is almost better than one. A lot of people have said that actually. Three. It's my second favorite. Yeah. I, yeah. I three is yeah. a lot of people. Shit. I, I have no words for three. Three. I don't know why because it. What what year did three come out? Like I 97? think everyone says that. Ninety seven. Yeah, I think three came out in ninety seven, and I'm yeah. like a young teen, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, schools are being blown up, and subways are being blown up, and I'm like, oh, I'm woke, and I'm seventeen, so I think my life. Uh, but I I saw three before I saw oh, two. Asset. I saw three before I saw two or one in completion because as we've learned when they put things on TV it's not the real deal so I feel like I'm almost tainted sometimes for one and two because when I saw three for the first time it was like F you I hate the ends you know like the whole like monstrosity let's blow up uh -oh. schools what yeah. uh, you're, blocked. you're blocked from the logo you gotta get out of the logo <gasps> me Lady <Fair> <laughs> <laughs> oh. hi, hi girlfriend hey. hi girlfriend she's just, she's just saying hi here you go hey. oh, hi. <laughs> oh. oh no blinded by the light hello to everyone oh my god i'm so white you have no skin pigment oh my god i'm just white tell her, <laughs> tell her, tell her i'm wearing her t-shirt oh, I, so I told sorry, her i told her she's wearing your t-shirt oh thank you i'm so sorry Stop and say hi. Hi, <laughs> everyone. I just wanted to make a very sad, solemn announcement. You know, some things are just cut short, in the oh, prime no. of their, of their, the height of their existence. Cowboy Bebop 2021. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't so, watched it. Let's so legit, cowboy. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> So sad. Oh no. So why? I don't think you're that so sad. Why? I saw I saw the so I saw the review video. I will miss you. Girl, I I don't even know. I haven't watched it yet. Cowboy so Bebop sad. was my jam back in two thousand so well, sad. not two thousand, nineteen ninety-nine. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> hey, Lady Pamela's out. And it still will be, just not the live action one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a surprise visit. All right. All right, All right she's out. Go ahead, uh, Well, everyone's already really covered everything I was going to talk about. Thanks, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, the one thing I did really like about this one, and in fact, I want to say that I have a soft spot for Live Free and Die Hard. I actually do kind of like that film. Yes, it's entertaining. Me too. Uh, Me too. It's but the first three are classics. Um, Maggie Q. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Dropping her down the elevator shaft. That's a great line, man. I mean. Uh, but I liked about uh, Dick Thornburg and uh, Holly's interaction on the plane. This is yes. a really good showcasing of the banter between both of them and uh, Die Hard 2. Uh, obviously, it is a little more real. The plane crash, you know, that's pretty serious with kids and stuff. Um, my favorite scene, I think Eon says, the ejection scene, that thing is 
it cracked me up when it happened. He's like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really love Die Hard, too. And I think everyone pretty much says the same thing. If it had not come after Die Hard, mm-hmm. it'd probably be right up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm a happy man tonight. I thought I was going to be the only guy that was going to talk. I thought I was, I really thought I was going to be the only one too. I was just like, okay, I'm going to come in here and make a strong case for Die Hard 2. And everyone's going to, I'm going to be the turd in the punch bowl and nobody's going to win. I am my favorite, wins. My favorite part about Die Hard 2 is Holly when she's like, oh yeah, I, I filed a restraining order against him. And I'm like, no, that was reversed. She's like, I knocked a couple of his teeth out. Yeah, yeah. That is your name, Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what kind of did champagne I... would you like? <laughs> did I miss anyone? Did I get everybody? Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody. Frank, you talked, right? Everybody talked, yep. right? All right. Oh, so it is time to vote. Oh, until oh uh, Rick, oh Rick, oh was there any extra tidbits? Uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, just uh, I'm glad you all enjoyed it. I I wish I enjoyed it more, but. Once he lost his passion, compassion, effort, and emotion, I just, I mean, once he once he got together with Samuel L. Jackson and fell a no! 150 feet onto solid metal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> rolls over. I sort of go. Yeah. <laughs> That's another another day, another another yeah. verses, another review. Did they, right. Actually, I had a question for Rick. Did they? Sure. I, I I thought I read somewhere a while back uh, that they had to like import snow since it was like it was too hot where they were going where they were gonna film it or something like that it was one of the hottest years on on oh sorry i didn't know you know go ahead you're absolutely you're all right it was one of the hottest winners on record yeah go ahead Hmm. yes we live there we live 45 minutes from where it was filmed you were like 10 Oh well, let, let's just put it into the world perspective. Those motherfuckers did not need to be on on snowmobiles because there is never enough snow here for snowmobiles. Yeah, but it was a ever. great scene. It, it, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> All DJ, right, DJ Nubis is from Colorado. Okay, we're All right, voting. time to vote. Time to vote. 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 All right, Rick, who you got, man? If it only hadn't come out after Die Hard, mm. there it is. Has to, has to be, you know. Yep, has to be Die Hard for me. Copy that. All right, uh, Derek's taking the tally. He's on it. I got you, man. And uh, Eric, I think, regardless of the release date, I would pick the same film. Okay, and that's the one with Alan Rickman, Die Hard. All right, copy that, Ian. Well, I do have to give a mention too, and this is this is a, this is a joke, but it's also not a joke. I don't know if you've heard. Of, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of Die Hard Twelve, Die Hungry, oh, <laughs> but, but YouTube it, YouTube oh it. Oh my god! I'll write it's, it down. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Okay, so that's my okay. favorite one. Okay. <laughs> All time classic. Okay. But uh, but for me, it's Die Hard Two. I, I'm. Oh I, my I, god. Oh, 
am stunned. I, if, if I watched, if I put Die Hard 1 in and I put Die Hard 2 in, I think Die Hard 2, 2 is the better movie. Wow. Oh, oh my God. God. I know, I know I'm one in the minority. Here we go. That's amazing. I'm so happy. What's happening? I love Die Somebody Hard did. 1. It's not that I don't love it. I mean, yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Honestly, wow. I, awesome. I think that Die Hard 2 is a, is oh. a better. Now, would Die Hard 2 be Die Hard 2 without Die Hard 1? You know, with all with them going, okay, how can we make this better? How can we improve it? You know, how Probably can we do not, this? Yeah. Probably yeah. not. But I mean, honestly, if I'm just setting down and I never heard of that, didn't know which one came out first or second or anything like that. Yeah. And I watched both of them. I think I heard, and I did watch them just for the for this again. I just I felt Die Hard Two was more compelling. I thought the action sequences were better. I thought it was more intense of a movie, and uh, I liked wow. it better. Awesome. All right. Less cheesy, too. Less cheesy. Yes. Die Frank. Hard 2 is more realistic. Frank, go ahead. First, I have to make a correction. I mentioned earlier, like, John Material made three of the best action movies. It, it, I, I said the two Die Hard and Predator. It should have been Predator, first Die Hard, and Hunt for Raptober. Ah. Oh, yeah. so, There's Frank his vote. Frank is on my wavelength. Frank <laughs> is on my wavelength. Hunt for Red October is the vote. So, so uh, my vote goes to Eyes Wide Shut. Not on the list. It's not on the list. It's still the most Christmas, okay, of all. I love love it. I'm voting for Die Hard 2. I I like it. I'm I'm not alone. I'm not alone. It's more compelling, more intense, more serious. We got higher. You know, it, it's just it's just a more serious wow. film. I mean, look, I have nothing wrong. You know, nothing against Die Hard One. I love yeah. it. I, 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 I just think that there wouldn't have been a Die Hard Two had it not, not been a Die Hard One. And I really applaud right. them for doing, you know, for making a sequel that's really as good as Die Hard One, if not even better. So yeah, wow. The so Rains wow, is where the is sequel awesome. is. Dude, this is, is yeah. good. You know, so. This is why versus is, versus episodes are fun because you never we know what you're so get, man. You're right. Uh, Ian. You mean Owen? I'm sorry. Owen. Owen? Go ahead, Owen. Sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, It's actually really hard after watching the second one. I was like, well, that's a really good movie. I've I've forgotten. And arguably, because of what's happened in real life, it's given the film more depth than maybe it's almost like holds up better. Um, So, but. I gotta go with part one. Uh, I All love right. Alan Rickman, and yeah. uh, just it was the original that came first. There wouldn't there wouldn't be the second one without the first one. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Die Hard. Okay. All right. Trust. All right. Thank you, Owen. E Rock. Um, I'm gonna kind of get on the uh, the boat with with Eric up there. Uh, the, my deciding factor in this versus because. You you told me this a week ago, and I told you I'm gonna th- I have to think about it because I don't I don't know. Uh, to quote, who determined my thing is uh, no more merciful beheadings and call off Christmas. <laughs> Alan Rickman is my deciding factor between the there two, so I'm going with one. Nice, nice. All right, uh, Nubis. Uh, I just laughed because Derek put Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> For the win. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught it. A couple of years ago, maybe not quite that long, they did a commercial for Die Hard Batteries. Did you see that? With yes! Batteries? That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, to me, there's really no loser here because I really yeah. like both these films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of the nostalgia and you know me driving an hour to go see it, Die Hard 1 is my pick. All right. Love it. All right. And uh, 
Neko, I think we know, but go ahead. Well, if Die Hard 3 were in this entire thing. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. That Our would be the winner. Controversy. Wow. Interesting. I I love both films. And I think watching the other day, I I forgot a bunch of crap. Like I'm like, holy shit, this happened, this happened. She mm-hmm. totally forgot about the uh at the, the blank switch. Yeah, I'm end. like, why oh, are wow. they, yeah. why are they changing their bullets? Why are they doing that? And he's like, just quit. Just quit. <laughs> and I'm like, what what is going on? Why are they changing out? Why are they now blue and not red? So anyway, and he cuts his throat and you're like, Oh shit, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and the, the throat slice, anyway. Yeah. I yeah. like both nice. movies a lot. And I agree with everyone that, honestly, the plot and the execution of two probably would be better if Die Hard 1 didn't happen. But I'm going Die Hard 1, motherfucker. So the, but, but, but with that logic, that means it's better than with a vengeance then. It's hard. It's hard for me. (laughs) Because three is three is my one seat. So it's like three, one, two. Three, one, two. Derek, where are we at with the poll there? Man, we've got right now we've got five to three. So you know it's hanging in there. Five to three. All right, Derek, you're next. Go ahead. All right, man. Okay, so it comes down to a couple things. I didn't know what I was going to pick either, like Erock said. So when this came up, I decided I was going to rewatch them. And I didn't know. I almost debated watching part two before part one, just so I could switch it up a little bit. But I thought that's unfair. You know, you got to do it in the order these movies came out because that is telling to the originality of each film. So that being said, I loved both of these movies. Like I actually liked them both a little bit more than I remembered just because of the small details I noticed when I went back really trying to pick things apart this time. Um, but uh, the, the the main things come down to me or it comes down to uh, the fact that when I watched part two this time after part one, it felt very derivative. Uh, it just because I watched them immediately following and it felt like, yeah, they turned some stuff up, but it was like the exact same movie. Like it just felt like the exact same stuff. Uh, they throw in some stuff. They they add some ex- like a two extra twists, you know, in the first one, they had a couple, but they had some more. And, you know, the explosions are bigger and stuff. It's like, you know, but it's it just still felt like I watched the same movie twice. Uh, and, and so I have to give points to originality in the first one and Alan Rickman. So the first one for me. All right. Die hard. All right. All right. Nice, nice. Copy that. Alan oh, wait, hold on. I'm looking at I'm looking at the comments now because Mr. Tony of the Dead is talking shit. <laughs> talking oh! shit, Mr. Tony oh! of the Dead. Let's see you host a panel like this, my friend, and see if you can do five things at once. Oh, oh. I'm, just messing with <laughs> I'm just messing with him. I love you, brother. He's like, Samurai guy's not paying attention to the chat. Dude, I'm doing yeah. like 30 things, brother. I said pa- the panel's too good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love Jam-packed you, brother. I love panel, you. Man. you should have been on this panel, man. Maybe on the next one, we'll get you on the next one. Love you, brother. All right, here we go. All right, Samurai guys, I it's 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 my turn to vote. And here's the thing, man. You all of you have made Samurai Guy a very happy man. I'm very, very happy that Die Hard 2 is finally getting some respect. <laughs> finally getting some love. I'm stunned. 
I'm stunned there's even a couple of votes for Die Hard 2, to be honest. Uh, and I'm so happy. However. Oh, shit. However. Oh, oh shit. shit. I got to go with your, you, you always got to go with your first. Right. Oh, oh. There you go, baby. Oh, baby. There you go, baby. Yeah. I got to go with my first. I got to go with the original. I remember, going else. <laughs> I remember going into uh, FYE, and uh, they are they had, even around in anymore? No, the one where I'm at is, uh, but uh, it's probably the last one in existence. But I go, I go into FYE, and then as soon as I walk in, they had a Blu-ray. Uh, there was a Blu-ray set of the of all the movies that came out at one time, and it was a limited edition, and it was all the movies were in a Nakatomi Plaza oh, model. Wow. Shut wow. the front door. And the guy, the, was, the guy was displaying it, and I walked in, and I was just like, oh, that's I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that sucks. I felt hurt because I couldn't buy it. Uh, but, yeah, I just you got I got to go with my first, man. But, yeah, Die Hard 2 definitely uh, got the respect it deserved tonight for sure. Now... Just for shits and giggles, let's see what the poll has voted for. It was ugly last time. It's going to be ugly, boys. It's going to be so bad. Oh, no! Oh, come on. Oh, that's going to be so bad. Come on, public. Come on, public. Can't argue with the public. Can't argue. I'm not surprised, but in a way, I want to die hard to at least be 30% or 40 They're not film people. You know, film people have their own sticks up their own butts you know <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i called well, i called it the movie reviewer uh disease yeah. what happens is you review the next movie on the basis of the last three you saw that day so yeah oh. of course we're going to think you know we're going right, to react differently right, right, than right. just a normal guy who goes mm-hmm. to once a month yeah. right, right. oh man well this was this was a lot of fun this was a blast another great episode of versus We'll do another one next week. Christmas Christmas themed movies. We're gonna keep it going. Happy December, everyone. Thanks again, all you badasses, for watching and hanging out with us on this episode of Versus. Y'all know what you need to do. Y'all know, y'all know already. Subscribe to E-Rock. Get your shredding on. You know what I'm saying? Shred it. Follow action elite son. Follow Owen. He, he cosplayed just for today, baby. That's dedication. Oh now imagine oh. when you go to his actual site. And see the knowledge and on the YouTube channel. We do YouTube now. And next week, actually, next Friday is the last oh, video yeah. we're doing of the year. We're doing 2021 the year in action. So we're gonna be going over all oh, the, shit. the movies of the year. So there you go, guys. Subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube that. channel. I'll make sure to have it in the link. Everyone's information's in the link, though. Uh, yeah, I have it on the link. Great idea. My next <laughs> podcast for actionfilmautopsy.com will be the best and worst of the year. I don't know where I got that idea. <laughs> that's a great uh-huh. idea rick there you go <laughs> if you're in the link i'll subscribe for sure yeah 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 so make sure you guys are following the action elite facebook and youtube and the master remaster that's right you want to buy everything 88 films in eureka you want to listen mm-hmm. to the knowledge frank that frank dang has on those commentaries man he has all of the knowledge that's right King of the commentaries that's right. That's right. Metal Tavern Podcast. Y'all know what you need to do. Follow the tag team champions of metal and horror. That's right. <laughs> Follow that. And Flick Snacks and Nick Snacks. 
Derek, what? subscribe. Derek. Channel's growing. <gasps> Eric, That's right. Hey, oh, he's, yeah. he's, oh, he's, got, he's got new hoodies. Derek's and, got new hoodies. And I know y'all like cereal now. I know y'all like some cereal, but yeah. retro cereal is the best. So you go subscribe oh, to oh. Retro Cereal in. That's right. And Asian movie enthusiast. Eric. AME. That's right. Rick. AME. Shadows. That's right. <laughs> and follow Rick. Myers, that's right, the legend himself. <laughs> and, and you know, remember now, he he's he's Kung Fu Santa. You know what I'm saying? So you better, you better if you if you're naughty, if you're naughty, this is going to happen. You know, it's not going to work out. Yes. <laughs> you know, Kung Fu Santa is going to come for you. Goldberg's going to slam you know, it's, your it's ass, not going to work out. <laughs> there you go. The guy that puts this together for us, Mr. Samurai. Oh, oh, and if you're new here, uh, subscribe to the old Samurai guy, of course. And uh, thanks again for everybody watching. Thank really you. quick before uh, we end it today, quick pose for the thumbnail. All right, ready? Everybody get ready to pose on three. One, two, three. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's my new thing. I'm going to add the verses. Uh, verses, crew, don't go anywhere. We got to discuss next week. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Take care, guys. Keep it going.